the Cine Snob Podcast. Welcome to episode 192 of the Cine Snob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And I'm Jocelyn Durand. Right there, I pulled, actually pulled my headphones out a little bit, so I was like dead in the water hearing. Mm. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, how is everyone today? Jocelyn, you're very uh, cheetah-y, Dalmatian-y. Oh, you can see me? I thought I was camouflaged <laughs> with my cheetah print. What, what's in your house that's that looks like a cheetah that you'd be camouflaged against? My microphone. I could can't see my microphone because it's you should hold it up like that like it's uh, like you're singing like crazy yo, 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 yo. oh <laughs> look at that it's a blue day what is that it's a pen oh <laughs> yeah i don't know if you've ever seen one of these but i didn't i couldn't tell what it was by the way that was a great impression of a rapper or Thank whatever you. that was supposed to be <laughs> yeah really authentic <laughs> but is that a is that a column outside your window what is that mm, it's another house oh it's my neighbor. Oh, okay. They're very close. Yeah, less exciting than that. That's what happens in uh, neighborhoods, Cody. Your house Suburbia. I mean, you're in an apartment, so you're next door to someone, right? I, assume. I mean, yeah. That's in how theory? apartments in work. Theory? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I'm in one. I'm in one single apartment by itself <laughs> in, the, in the complex. Are you still in that same apartment complex where favor can't find you or whatever? Yeah, it's improved. Um, but yes, I am. But it was a it was a hassle for a very long time. Um, they, they there's an apartment complex right next door, and they used to. I've had I've had favor deliveries brought to the wrong complex, and then that was just it. I just didn't get food that day. So someone <laughs> got someone random got regular got someone's food just randomly. Yeah, yeah. Someone on the apartment complex over got my breakfast tacos <laughs> on multiple occasions. <laughs> so what did they do? Did they give you a refund or 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 what? Yeah, I, they just replaced the order for me, and oh. and I had to wait another half hour or whatever. You know, you know, I think I dropped a poster off at your apartment once. <laughs> yes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what I wrote on the outside of the tube, but uh, suffice it to say, I, I implied it was a sex toy of some sort. Uh, <laughs> yes, and you also uh, I could now not use that tube anymore, so you ruined the tube. <laughs> Which the irony is, you've needed them, and you wasted one on. On a sick joke. <laughs> well, I didn't waste it because I was going to leave it in a tube anyway. That's true. But um, I've signed it's, it's poster stuff, Jocelyn. Sorry, this is. That's okay. I'm just looking at my buddy and Alf having a weird standoff oh, that is, over that's your a, shoulder. That's an Alf mask. If you like, I can put it on and do the show in an Alf mask. I think mm. that sounds great. What kind uh, of like role playing were you doing in there before this started? <laughs> Well, I was uh, intimidating my cats because Alf eats cats. So that's true. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of Alf, um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, speaking of Alf, uh, he's an alien, and um, there's a, a new, a bunch of new uh, Marvel and uh, Star Wars movies about Ooh, aliens. That was- <laughs> That that's a D plus transition segue. By the way, there's an Alf. uh, What's the new show from? um... By the way, Jocelyn's marveling at your collection back there. That's how you do a segue. Thank you. But you just use the same word. Yeah, it's like when people rhyme a word with the same word. No, it's it's nothing like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's apples and oranges. It's Marvel because it's there. It's from marveling like you just you, yeah like, but you're using it in, 
but word. you're using it in two different ways, which is the point of a pun. Get That's the all I'm to a, say about that. Get the to a punnery, Cody. <laughs> all I'm saying is that was a four. <laughs> Damn, harsh, harsh. What was I, Jared's? I was garbage. I'm not. Even, oh, I don't even yeah. care. I was. Jared's didn't even show up on the scale. <laughs> yes, it did not. Didn't even register. <laughs> Wait. So yeah, that was his segue, right? Into the Marvel. We're universe. talking about Marvel and Star Wars uh, news <laughs> and so Disney. There was, and Disney. I mean, but it's the the bulk of this is Marvel and Star Wars. Sure. Um, which are owned by Disney. So um, at the uh, Disney investors meeting, uh, there was an announcement. Uh, a dozen or so different series and movies coming out uh, for mostly Disney Plus. Uh, mm -hmm. Cody, do you uh, do you have a particular favorite that stuck out to you? Um, no, I mean, I so basically the idea was that what they said was that ten Marvel pro uh, properties or TV shows and ten Star Wars TV shows would be coming to Disney Plus within the near future, um, and. I think most of the Marvel stuff was was re relatively known, except for there was um, there was like the Don Cheadle um, a War Machine War show. Machines getting a show. Um, Samuel Jackson, Samuel uh, Jackson, and Ben Mendelsohn's character from Captain Marvel, which I that's probably the most the thing I'm most excited you, about. Because you love yourself some Ben Mendelsohn. I do love. <laughs> yeah, I'm Look, a, I have a I have a Disney Plus uh, one year anniversary key. Oh, what is it open? Um, the Disney Vault. Yeah, it's like oh, there's Song of the South. <laughs> the restaurant. There's, what is it? Restaurant Forty One. Is that what it's called? Club Thirty Three. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I knew what I was talking about. Restaurant Forty One is the one at like Six Flags, like Restaurant Forty One. Whatever. <laughs> Come on in. Club Thirty Three. <laughs> that is a long. That's that was. Weirdly close and weirdly not at all close. <laughs> so far away, so close and so far. Um, anyway, so there's uh, there's a bunch of new Marvel shows. Uh, they sh there was a lot of trailers. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, the first look at Loki, where yeah. I believe uh, one segment he's uh, he's uh, acting as DB Cooper, which we talked mm -hmm. about a couple weeks ago. Interesting. Yeah, and you get your first look at. I think maybe the first time I've ever seen Owen Wilson not look exactly like Owen Wilson. Like, I don't... He just had a mustache. No, he had gray hair that was short. Oh, I thought he was... I couldn't tell it was gray. I thought it was just... Yeah, no, he long. had gray... He looked like John Slattery in the in the Marvel movies. I haven't seen him in forever. Who, Owen Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, he was... Um, uh... He kind of dropped off a little bit. Yeah, he had some, I think, personal issues. Yeah, yeah he um, had a suicide attempt. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, yeah, this was like ten years ago, maybe. I yeah, it was he when had Marley like and a, came out. And then he had like a paternity thing that was going on, right? I don't know. I don't <laughs> it's know. personal things. But yeah. uh, Luke Wilson is in uh, one of those DC shows, so it was only uh, right for uh, Owen Wilson to be in a Marvel show. Well, yeah. Luke is by far the better of the Wilson brothers. If Luke Wilson, you think me. so? That is an odd opinion. Really. You really you think Luke Wilson is better? Like how is it better? In all better? ways. Which did you prefer? Did you see Bottle Rocket? Yes, of course. I've seen all okay. Wes Anderson movies, except for the French Dispatch, which is still what on hiatus. Oh, is it? I don't know. Yeah, I that's think a it, new one, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think it has a release date as of. I right haven't. Now. I never saw um, the Life Aquatic just because I didn't. It didn't look like. Oh, I saw it at I the really Alamo Draft House with like the beanie on and <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. It seemed. It seemed like uh, a little too. Uh, affected Wes Anderson. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you just have to dive into that one, though. The one I disliked the most was the Darjeeling Limited. Oh, really? I think that's a beautiful movie. It's fine. I think it's so uh, pretty. And I, I didn't I didn't care for Moonrise Kingdom. You're crazy. But I, but I really I really liked Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the Grand Budapest Hotel is great. Mm-hmm. The skiing scene is my even when it's he's not great, it's good, you know. Yeah, but anyway, we're talking about uh, Marvel stuff here. And, Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> have Have either of you? Oh, okay. So, so the Marvel stuff we've been waiting for the TV shows to come out forever. There's also um, uh, a uh, a ton of Star Wars uh, series announced for Disney Plus. Have either of you been watching The Mandalorian? Off and on, I've seen a couple episodes. How have you of been watching this- it off and on? Like I'll catch, I'll catch. Is your husband some. watching it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like yeah. it's a streaming it, thing, so you'd have to just it put it on. It gives me anxiety because I worry about little baby Goju. Is that his name? Gro- Grogu is his name. <laughs> Goju. You know, I I was I was going to save it up for the end of season two, and then Jerry and Eddie Enjoy. from the other podcast I do convinced me that I needed to be familiarized with Clone Wars and Rebels. And then I looked at Clone Wars the other day, and it had references to the prequels, and I've never seen the prequels, so now I'm going back. I haven't either. I haven't seen the prequels. And I'm I'm in the process of watching The Phantom Menace right now, and it's... Oh, wow. It is somehow worse than advertised so far. Yeah. You know, um, I have a very uh, nostalgic fondness for The Phantom Menace. I know it's not a good movie, though... Uh, you know, it's it's the problems that that people talk about are there one hundred percent, but let me tell you, Attack of the Clones is worse. So Phantom Menace is first, and then Attack of the Clones, right? Then Revenge of the Sith. I've seen the Revenge of the Sith. I saw the third one because that's the one with Natalie Portman when she has the um, twins, right? Yes. Yeah. That being Luke Skywalker and I don't want to give it Luke. away. I mean, I know. <laughs> I mean, I know <laughs> that. <Gosh>. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm aware that that is part of it. By the way, you should never really watch them in in numerical order because right. it doesn't because it's like then you uh, lose the element of surprise that the originals had. If you can, if you can still be surprised by movies that are that That's have saturated absolutely saturated the pop culture. Yeah, but I mean, like, just so I'm maybe like halfway through the Phantom Menace, and like. Again, Jar Jar Binks worse than advertised. Like, no, that's the main reason I don't want to watch it because it's Jar Jar. By the way, that's Jar Jar Binks on that. Are you a, a inflatable a mountain inflatable Mountain Dew can? Uh, no, I don't have any. I have no apologies for anything. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it was a for Jar to be. No, no, no. I mean, it's okay. terrible, terribly written character, and I okay. feel it's one of those things that I feel terrible about for the actor uh, Ahmed right. Best uh, because he was ostracized because of it um yeah. as was jake um uh what is his name um oh the anakin the, yeah uh jake lloyd jake lloyd there you go um, i mean he was driven into like like out of the business for it well and and i think natalie portman had some problems for a while too she was I, I remember She's her being so bad in the first one god 
damn. She's bad in the second one too. Um, she's not very good in either, in any of them. And, and this is one of the things I, I was talking about with Cody uh, when you mentioned the Phantom Menace is that this is back when people didn't really know how to act around things that weren't really there. Right. Like, like it really th- it really threw a bunch of people off. Uh, and you know now it's kind of standard practice, but because uh, well, you know like. Yeah. You know, to a point in, in these major giant pictures, but pictures, listen to me <laughs> in these pictures, kid. Um, the uh, so what am I trying to say here? Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not an apologist. It's just that it's uh, it was a, such a huge deal in 1999 when these movies were released that it was I mean, it was you think Star Wars saturation was here now, like back then it was just you were being bombarded with jar jar binks so that's a promotional uh mountain dew inflatable can that was at grocery stores and has well jar jar binks on it let me just say misa embarrassed for everyone involved oh wow when it comes to this i mean it's it do i think it's intentionally racist <laughs> i don't think it's intentionally racist man but it is definitely racist Jar Jar is just a movie in general because every single person like voicing a character in this movie is doing the most racist version of something of whatever yeah. it's representing. It's well, it's wild, actually. And, you know, I don't like I said, I don't think it was intentionally racist, but yes, it comes definitely very much across <laughs> as racist. Um, anyway, so we were talking about uh, Star Wars shows. So neither of you have really watched Eat the Mandalorian. Um, they've already, um, announced two direct spinoffs of the Mandalorian, that being one, of uh, starring Ahsoka Tano of, uh, who was, uh, a Jedi in the Clone Wars, etc. That stars Rosario Dawson. And, uh, there's Rangers of the New Republic, which also stars, um, uh, Gina Carano. Is that how you say it? Uh. Oh, I'm surprised they're not severing ties there. She's a crazy person on Twitter, but yeah. Uh, oh, I can't wait to go look that up. She's like an anti-masker. I mean, it's uh, people. I don't know. This is uh, we we didn't talk about Letitia Wright. Uh, oh doing yeah, the anti-vax thing a couple weeks ago. But like, just stop. You don't need to yeah. tweet. You're a celebrity. Just stop. You don't need to be on Twitter. Like, if you're gonna be on Twitter, like, be just be funny or be weird. Right. Like, <laughs> or just promote your shit. Just like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're a comedian, make jokes. You know, I mean, even that's not necessarily um, 100% foolproof. But you know, just you don't need to be on social media. You don't need to share your goddamn shitty opinions. Um, and then uh, First Amendment, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Stick to parlay for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I bet parlay was lit <laughs> this weekend. Um, yeah. So there was several other shows announced. Um, I can't recall them off the top of my head. Oh, there was there was the um, the oh. Diego Luna's character from Rogue that show One. has been that show has been uh, that was announced a while ago, but I think we saw the first footage from it. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, finally Obi Wan Kenobi series confirmed with uh, Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader. God, that is too many shows. It's <laughs> That's it, crazy. It's nuts. Um, but it is. A uh, very clear symbol that Disney is going way all in on yeah. Disney Plus, which they had said that they had pivoted to streaming. And previously, you didn't quite know. I mean, you saw the Marvel shows, but this is like a true showing of, yeah, they're they're dumping everything into it. I mean, 
yeah, it's 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 a full commitment at this point. And I think one of the biggest surprises for me was um, an announcement that uh, Patty Jenkins, director of the two Wonder Woman movies, and uh, was it 13 the Hurt. all those years ago? What? No, didn't she do Hurt Locker? No, that's no. Uh, Catherine. Um, oh, Dillow. yeah, you're right. Patty Jenkins did Monster, the Monster, Charlize that's right. what it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, Picture. The picture, Charlie's there on. That she's doing a uh, Rogue Squadron movie, which is the X-wing uh, group that Luke Skywalker was part of. Which was, uh, you sent me, Cody. You sent me the her tweet about it, and I was watching it, and I had no idea what it was. Yeah. Until the very end, it reveals an X-wing. So, um, and then we got uh, some Taika Waititi like strange sort of concept art did you notice that the sort I didn't, of uh, i didn't see the art it's there's not really anything uh other than the star wars logo but rendered really sort of uh comically hmm. i guess it's a different sort of logo anyway mm-hmm. lots of stuff coming to disney plus um but neither of you have watched any of it so i'm kind of alone over here hey, i've watched a little bit of it i was surprised to see amy sedaris in mandalorian Oh, there's there's a, a whole bunch of comedians in uh, The Mandalorian. That's like crazy. Horatio Sands is in the first episode. Brian Posehn is in the first episode. Yeah, I remember seeing um, that. Bill Burr has a recurring role what? now. Yeah. Um, That's like Gallagher just in a there? bunch of random names and just... Who who else? I said it's Gallagher in there. Gallagher is not yet. Um, I hear he's in season three. Andrew Dice uh, Clay. T- Timoth- <laughs> Timothy Oliphant is in it. Uh, yeah, it's just a crazy, it's a crazy, uh, uh, it's 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 so entertaining and it's so m- much uh, more like what Star Wars should have been all this time that Disney has been fucking it up. Um, and, you know, honestly, I'm kind of bummed that the future of Mandalorian is the sequel trilogy, which I either sort of tolerate in the force awakens. It's fine. Force awakens. I really like in the last Jedi and I absolutely hate in the rise of Skywalker. So knowing that that shit is what's coming down the pipe for the Mandalorian Mm kind of makes me sad. I wish it was just more open-ended, but that's where we are. They could always multiverse it. That is. Oh, by the way, that's the other bit of news from this week. I just remembered. Oh, the uh, confirmation that uh, Alfred uh, Molina, Alfred Molina will be in Spider-Man three, whatever it might oh, be called wow. um, yeah. with with the speculation running rampant that Tobey Maguire and uh, Andrew Garfield will be and Emma Stone and Kirsten Dunst. Oh, yes. Also rumored to appear. Yeah, and. I don't have anything else to say about that other than well, I mean, we got I mean, a really got a really really great Spider Verse movie already. Yeah. Now they're just trying to make another one and potentially do the Sinister Six as well with the with the um, you know series of you know Spider Verse villains coming into play because now you have confirmation of Doc Ock and you have uh, Electro from the uh, from the Andrew Garfield series. So that's two. Maybe they bring Venom in. I don't know. I don't know. Um, there, that's a sort of strange thing to me. Um, that universe isn't really tacitly related, other than the the. Uh, do you remember? Did you ever see the Morbius trailer mm-hmm. um, with Michael Keaton in it? Uh, yes. Tying those two together. 
Jocelyn is lost. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always thought Alfred Molina was really slumming it in these Spider-Man movies. He's the best. He's the best. Maybe the best Marvel series villain there's of ever course. been. Of course, he's one of the best actors working today. That's it's like. Well, that's a weird he's thing amazing. To say. I, I, mean, I, I still think Michael B. Was... Jordan is better as a villain, but I, I think Alfred uh-huh. Molina is great. I, I, I unfortunately um, for Alfred Molina's character in that Spider Verse, that's a, Spider-Man Two is a great, great movie still. Uh, but he became like the second person in a row to be like this surrogate father figure to Peter Parker that turned evil and then sort of turned good at the end. <laughs> um, so. Anyway. So that's kind of like. Dumb. By the way, do you remember that James Franco was in the the Spider-Man oh, yeah. movies? Yeah, uh, yeah, so he was cr- the rich kid. Yeah, no, he was. I, uh, uh, I still paid attention. Yeah, no, he was, uh, and I totally forgot. And I, every now and then, I'll remember, like, oh yeah, James Franco was in these. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, anything else before we move on? I think we've kind of exhausted this topic since. You Y'all know, nerded out enough. I mean, sort of. You haven't seen Citizen Kane, but you've seen. Every Spider-Man Marvel movie. I actually haven't Star seen. Wars I've never ever. seen. I've never seen um, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man two. Cody and okay. I have talked about this on our other podcast. My bad. MCU. I. But yes, I've never seen. You Citizen look so Kane. stupid right now, Justin. <laughs> I've totally never. And I've never seen Citizen wrong. Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have Let Them All Talk. Alice has a manuscript that's due really soon. Everyone at the agency is getting a bit nervous. I mean, I haven't seen a manuscript. Have you seen the manuscript? I have not seen a manuscript. For years now, she's been hinting that she's revisiting one of her characters. So I've booked her on the Queen Mary 2 with her two friends and her nephew. Here's to picking up the conversation where we left off. And here's to reconnecting the gang of three who we used to be. Did you always talk like that? I'm going to start work on my manuscript. Swim at three, dinner at seven, back to work, or bed, or both. I'll probably work in bed. I kind of feel like I'm spending time with three almost like... Dinosaurs. No. You believe Alice and her book determined your whole life? The consequences on my life of her actions were unacceptable. Want to go have a drink later? No, I can't. So this is a new film from uh, director Steven Soderbergh. It stars Meryl Streep, and you see Candace Bergen, Diane Weist in there, uh, Lucas Hedges, and uh, Gemma Chan. You don't see her in that that clip. I think very briefly you do. But um, this is uh, a new HBO Max film, and it's uh, was filmed on the Queen Mary 2 uh, over a couple of weeks. And I believe, Cody, wasn't it mostly supposedly improvised? Um, you know what? That's a good question. It's a question that I had while watching it. Um, I, I believe I up. read that that it's that it's semi improvised. It's certainly well. I'll get into that in a bit. But anyway, yeah. uh, so let, Cody, go ahead and tell us about the movie and what you thought of it. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a movie that's that's got a pretty basic storyline, um, which is that Meryl Streep plays a Pulitzer Prize winning author, and I feel like I'm off center here, um, and. Um, and uh, essentially, uh, she's being uh, given an award in the UK, and uh, she's also struggling with some writer's block completing her new novel. And um, 
And she asked a, a, a few people to go with her, uh, including her nephew, played by Lucas Hedges, and two old friends that she hasn't seen in like 30 years, played by Diane Weist and Candice Bergen. And then um, her one of her publishers, or, or is it her publisher or agent? I can't. It's I think a publisher, it's her, right? It's a literary agent. A yeah. literary literary agent. Well, I mean, by- yeah, I don't. I don't really know what she's. I can't remember. I thought she was an agent, but but maybe it she's is an agent working for the publisher. Okay. Yeah, it is an agent. Um, and and uh, so uh, she decides to tag along on on the trip just to try to get more information um, about the novel and to try to figure out how to kind of break this writer's block that she's in that Meryl Streep's character is in. So it really is kind of like a very. Uh, talky ensemble piece. It's sort of, you know, when you're thinking about Soderbergh, it's a lot like um, High Flying Bird, the movie he came out with like two years ago, I think it was. Was it um, that long ago? Yeah, I think so, wasn't it? Or maybe it was last year. I thought year. it was last year. But that's, that's the, that was a Netflix film um, that was all the famously shot all on iPhones. Yeah. And it's, I loved High Flying Bird. That was a great movie. And, um, and I think this movie is pretty solid. I think it's pretty good. I think that, you know, it, it, you can tell that it's improvised, and I think that's the that's maybe its biggest fault at times is that it's very you know a lot of times it, it's it's basically mumblecore. It's basically uh, <laughs> it's basically Soderbergh made a mumblecore movie um, where there's only an outline and they're improvising a lot of the dialogue. And a lot of times in mumblecore stuff, especially like Duplass Brothers stuff, um, it feels pretty naturalistic. This one feels improvised where there's a lot of like ums and ahs and um like the 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 dialogue is sort of you know stilted in a way because people are like kind of the wheels are turning and you know when movies are improvised like that and feel naturalistic i think it's a great thing but when they feel improvised um i I think it can be a little bit taxing and i think this movie suffers from it just a tad just a little bit um that being said there's a lot of good dialogue in here i think there's a lot of like snappy lines um that that get to uh that that let the actors shine and i think it's a great acting showcase for everyone involved i think everyone's great in the movie um i think standouts include um canis bergen i think is really really good here and plays a pretty complex character um and i think that uh, i i enjoy the stuff between lucas hedges and Gemma chan i think that stuff is really good um, and I think Diane Weist is really, I actually think Meryl Streep might be my least favorite actor or performance in the movie. I think everyone else is, is better in many ways. Um, and I think that what it comes down to is with its simplistic story, I find, I found myself becoming in, invested in watching what was going on. And I think that it becomes a really interesting character study more than anything else because you see the dynamics like all the relationships here have interesting complicated dynamics and to watch them kind of unfold i found to be pleasant and i found to um you know kind of wondering found myself wondering what was going to happen with these relationships because you kind of see things like you know mel streep's characters trying to connect with candace bergen and candace bergen is being avoidant you know for a lot of the movie and to to see you know, then Candace Bergen go and talk to Diane Weist about that relationship and what was going on. And and, um, and you kind of just get to see different sides to multiple stories. And I really enjoyed that piece. Um, and then I, again, I like that B story between Lucas Hedges and Jim Chan. I think that's maybe my favorite part of the movie. Um, and then I think it takes a third act turn that I actually liked too. Um, it takes an interesting turn um, when it kind of settles 
uh, into its final act and final piece that was relatively unexpected, I think, uh, for me at least, and um, and I think perf- uh, kind of executed pretty well. And I just found myself impressed with the craft of the characters. I thought that the that every character in here is is multi dimensional and not flat. And for that, I, I, I found it an enjoyable watch. What does your cat think? She's <laughs> I can see her creeping on the edge there. Oh, really? Um, where? Bottom. Your 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 bottom right. Oh. Aww. Oh yeah. meow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she gives it two paws. I don't know. You had so long to think of that, and I'm, I'm disappointed. Anyway, Jocelyn, what about you? No, I I will speak for Cody's cat and say that uh, we totally disagree. Um, I found it to be uninteresting. <laughs> wait, and... wait, wait! The cat said he was. Yeah, why are you, no. why are you speaking for my cat? <laughs> Nikki, I think his name is. We talked about this, and we just were like, "Man, Cody's so wrong. This was not a good movie." Just because you're wearing leopard print, you think you can <laughs> talk to the cat cats? No, I guess I can see what Cody's where where he's coming from. I think that there wasn't enough. Um, story given away at the beginning for it to be interesting like cody was saying you kind of get get these feelings about the characters but you really don't know why they're acting this way and there's a big revelation you know really towards the very end of the movie that i think if it had been revealed at the beginning um that this character the meryl streep character kind of uses people in her life in her story i think that would have made it far more interesting because it would have helped explain a lot of the things that were happening that didn't make any sense to me like uh candace bergen she had this like um weird like sexual energy and she was always trying to go after these men and it didn't make any sense and then with the context of the movie, it did make sense. And, and going back, I was like, oh, that that is interesting. But they gave it away way too late, in my opinion. Older women are allowed to have sex drives, Johnson. No, I get it. But I was just like, what? It, where are they going with this? Like, why? I, I thought why she also, but also that's that's explained pretty early on. I thought I she was more of a goal. Late that they let it go on and on. I, I think it was like almost the movie was halfway over before they finally revealed that. I thought it was more that she was a gold digger, not so much. Right, me uh, too. And I thought, and I was like, "This is." But I, I not- think that, pl- but I think that plays out through the whole thing. I think, okay, I think that's how she ends up. To. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And maybe we're supposed to assume that. But uh, like I said, I just wish that that revelation had been made earlier because. For me, that's way more interesting. Is the character of Meryl Streep possibly using, you know, her people and the people in her life for her um, for her books? That's more interesting to me than Candace Bergen possibly being a gold digger on this Queen Mary ship, which I w- was a little disappointed by. Um, and then you just, I also, you didn't like the ship. Oh, I loved the ship. I will say oh, that okay. that is one of the few things that I really liked about this movie is like how they. <laughs> <laughs> how they let the 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 sort of uh everything play out in this beautiful scenery on this like ginormous ship like it's as big as a skyscraper when they show it leaving the new york harbor it's just incredible um and and then also i did not enjoy the lucas hedges and the Je- uh, Gemma chan is that her name yes relationship i just i found it to be awkward and That's and really <laughs> i found it to be unrealistic and just odd and then you know it she just was really she was really leading him on by the way yeah there's that whole thing and and he just in general i don't think was doing a great job acting and, and i kind of told cody about this there's a big revelation at the end of the movie and his reaction was 
insane to me. Like I, I think it was almost laughable. I had to go back and watch it again because it was so ridiculous. And, um, and then that, the way that that whole thing was uh, played out, I thought was just silly. Um, but then like Cody said, I really don't, I didn't hate the third act. Like the, the revelation of it was silly to me, but then the way it played out, I actually really liked. Um, and then I, I also didn't like that the, uh, the third, the third friend, also, they don't really even say how these people get along. Like they, they have no, it seems like they have no previous relationship. Like they were friends in college, but like, why are they all now getting together? It just didn't make any sense to me. And then the third character is just kind of thrown in every now and then. And Diane Weist having and, orgies. Yeah. She was just kind of stuck in randomly. And then with her Elon Musk what we just said. monologue we- kind of thing, yeah, gross. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so all that to say, I just, I, it was really rather boring and uninteresting in my opinion. So I'm somewhere in the middle of the two of you. I think it was, um, it was interesting uh, to a point. And I do think there are some, some clunkier parts. And I do think that, um, you know, uh, the kind of, the the overall setup of it like that her nephew comes along to entertain these two women that she had been friends with for so long and and it seemingly torn the information from her best-selling book you know like the the basis for her best-selling book from this at least one woman um I, i don't really quite buy into the setup all the way uh and i it reminds me of uh like just excuse me, like a, like a sort of sitcom setup, like, oh, my nephew's going to come along and he's going to hang out with us on the boat. Like, why would this even happen? Like, why is the nep- why is her nephew there with her to entertain these two women that he has no idea who they are? Anyway, uh, that said, once it gets going on the boat, I think it's really enjoyable. Um, you know, there are some, some stinkers of, of lines. I think the, the Elon Musk thing is particularly strange and uh, that I don't, think that that really uh you know like that doesn't really like i don't understand why that character would say that i think they were trying to make it significant like trying to bring some you know philosophical idea to the movie that just kind of fell flat that's how i took it as uh yeah anyway so the the notion that 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 you know meryl streep's character is somehow some sort of uh jerk that took you know, that ruined Candace Bergen's character's life, I don't think is really very much explored either, other than, you know, Candace Bergen is sort of a, an opportunist and looking to capitalize on this fame, so to speak, that she thinks she has. And I, I'm inferring a lot of that because I don't think the movie lays that out specifically. Um, that's, you know, I, I do, I, I really like this sort of experimental era of Steven Soderbergh as well. Like we mentioned, High Flying Bird. Um was shot all on iPhones. I don't know that this one was. It does have a very digital sort of hazy look to it at times. Um, but the idea that it was shot like while they were at sea, you know, on the boat for real crossing the Atlantic. Uh, yeah, I, he, he mentioned that he shot it all in natural light as well. Yeah, that you so, could tell. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's, uh, you know, the, the Gemma Chan stuff, I think it's it's good until it just sort of become like she just sort of goes away um, after a certain point. And I don't I don't know how I felt about that part, because I, I really think that that character, um, 
you know, the it's hard to tell if that character for me is supposed to be genuine or if she was being manipulative. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Well, but but see, I think th- this is the difference: is that is that I like the fact that it's that it's I see that as complexity. I, that's why like I, that, ambiguous. That's why I said I think that it's got interesting three dimensional, uh, multi or multi dimensional, uh, well thought out characters because I think there is legitimate conflict with with Gemma Chan, knowing that she's she's a hundred percent there trying to accomplish something, but she ends up enjoying the time that she's spending with this person and you can tell that she's in a place where she's really trying you know she's she's trying to recover from a relationship and she's I connecting with someone it, and though jared put it perfectly about it being very sitcom like that even that premise of like See, i think oh, the, the 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 agent that's going to go there and then she's going to realize like these are real people and i feel bad because i'm See, trying to get I, things out of them you know it's like even i think that the, is sort of i think done. the premise is sitcommy. I think the execution is not at all Agreed, because I, yeah. I think I think the premise, even well, the way you have that Meryl Streep as a you know, like you well, have these high caliber actors. So even, even the fact that it sets up this idea that because it kind of presents this idea that Lucas Hedges is being kind of pulled from both ends. Uh, that sounds uh, <laughs> sexual. <laughs> um, but but what I mean by <laughs> what about what I mean by that is that you see that that. You know, he's brought in to watch over the two friends by Meryl Streep, and then he's brought in by Gemma Chan's character to sort of spy on and get information about Meryl Streep. So he's, you know, him being stuck in the middle feels very sitcommy. but everything that happens after that, I think, feels authentic, and I think it feels uh, naturalistic. See, I, I, I get that, that that set up, but I don't ever really think that was terribly, that was accomplished very well with Lucas Hedges' character. I don't feel like he was being pulled in two directions. And the idea that that uh, this literary agent that Meryl Streep's character knows very well would be on the cruise with her. like Oh, don't call it a cruise. I'm sorry, a, a crossing. crossing. It's an ocean liner. Uh, you know, I mean, that's very sitcom-y um, in and of itself. And, you know, it's... It, it, I don't know that that really the surprise in the story really plays out that it's supposed to have. I, I don't know. It's fun. It's it's good. I think there's, you know, the improvisational idea of it is is interesting. I think it suffers a little bit for it at times, but I think overall it's 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 one of my one of my uh, not as favorite recent Soderbergh movies, if that made sense. What I said, um, but it, it's it was still enjoyable enough. Anyway, grades, Cody. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I found it to be enjoyable. I, I liked it as a showcase for acting. I liked it as a good character study. And I think that, um, you know, Jocelyn was talking a little bit about Candace Bergen being the gold digger. And I think that is actually, there's a great source of comedy from that. And I think that she mines it pretty well for comedy. Um, so I'm going to give it a solid B. Jocelyn? Um, I don't know. I think it was all kind of very hacky, in my opinion. And uh, in you know, if there was other actors, it would have been even worse. But with, like I said, this caliber of acting, it it kind of uh, pulled it away from being truly horrible. But I'm going to give it a C plus. Gosh, harsh. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give it a B. I think it was. It's very enjoyable. I think it's a little lesser than than some of Soderbergh's later latest stuff, but. Uh, it was fun. And it's on HBO Max now if you want to watch it. It's an HBO Max original. All right, let's move on to our next movie, Wild Mountain Time. Welcome to Ireland. Once upon a time, there were two farms. 
the Muldoon farm where Rosemary lived, and right down the road was my farm, where my son Anthony asked his lonely question of the stars. Why did you make me so? Rosemary Muldoon besotted with love. There's these green fields, and there's us. Whatever that is, it holds me here. What is this, those things? It's not normal. I don't care. You take after John Kelly, and that man was mad as the full moon. Drowned himself. He fell in. He had a rock tied to his neck. Rosemary, we're known to each other quite a while now. Would you marry me? <laughs> Are you going to leave the farm, Anthony? I don't see a clear path. From where to where? From me to you. My cousin is coming. What do you think? It's the finest car I've ever seen. Get out for the farm to an American. I'm waiting for that one. What are you waiting for? Me, I don't wait. I do like that. You should come in the opposite time. Oh, this is a fine Irish brogue, if you ask me, <laughs> laddies. That was good. Thanks. I ate a lot of Lucky Charms as a kid. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is uh, this is a uh, kind of, if you've read anything about this movie online uh, the last few days, um, very uh, poorly received, we should say. Um, but this stars, uh, as you can see, Elizabeth Blunt and Jamie Dornan and... Emily. Uh, Emily Blunt. What did I say? Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Blunt. Emily Blunt. I'm sorry. James. Um, what? James, James Dorman. Oh. Is that what I got? <laughs> Nothing. Son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> Keep now going. I'm confused. Christopher Walken doing a sort of Irish accent. Um, and uh, <laughs> one of the handsomest mans alive. Uh, John Ham. John Ham. Yes, Man, sir. I was happy I remember, when he showed up. I remember seeing him in person at the Baby Driver premiere. Ooh, wow. Lord, a salt and pepper beard. I would have Shut died. your mouth. I had anyway. no idea, Jared, and I'm very jealous. Yeah. I was sitting uh, next to him. What did he smell he, like? No, 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 Jared, he was, I was sitting next to Jared. While he was... <laughs> see him I salivating. Was, I was sitting next to... Uh, Scott uh, Ackerman. Scott Ackerman. And... Another, and, and a seat away from Doug Benson, <laughs> who I've seen way too many movies with, weirdly enough. Um, anyway, Jocelyn, tell us about Wild Mountain Time and what's your thought of it? Yay, I get to speak about this one. Um, so <laughs> We let a woman talk every now and then. <laughs> I just mean because this one's pretty out there. Uh, so basically it's these two families that have this sort of shared plot of land. So if um, Jamie Dornan and, and Emily Blunt um, can, you know, marry, then they can kind of bridge the two farms together. But the problem is, is that the Jamie Dornan character is sort of odd and they sort of, uh, you know, imply it throughout the movie that he's sort of uninterested in marrying. So you, so you wonder if it's, you know, maybe his sexuality, like he's not, you know, so into Emily Blunt. Um, and you find out what the reason is later. And it's pretty crazy, guys. I'm not going to lie. It is one of the crazier twists of any movies I had see I've seen. Um, I think what's even crazier, though, is that I did not hate this movie. I thought I knew the twist going in and I thought this is just going to be a steaming pile of crap. And I found that I, I really kind of enjoyed it. I it, I, I would say it's sort of a guilty pleasure. Um, I There's sort of a love triangle between John Hamm, who is an American cousin who uh, kind of wants to get 
ownership of the farms. So then there's this love triangle between the three characters. Um, and that kind of fell flat for me. I wouldn't say that was the best thing. And it kind of takes a while to get going, the movie. Um, I think Emily Blunt really saves it. She, I, I found her character really funny. And I found uh, sort of her personality and, and quick wit between her and Jamie Dornan really sort of exciting and, and cute. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that it's a good movie. I definitely would say that it's a it's a guilty pleasure and that there is a crazy twist that you will feel embarrassed if you know you're me and now saying that it's not that bad of a movie because it's really crazy. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's so much a twist as it is no, right. a, revelation. a revelation. And you know, the internet's been buzzing about it. Mm -hmm. uh, There's puns about it everywhere. Even the review is like, or the the preview of the movie was like, uh, you know, something stinging for this movie to come out, and blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a real honey of a reveal. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. I'm sure Cody has some up his sleeve. I couldn't think of one, but yeah, Cody, what what coming. about you? Well, what can I say, Jared? It's a it's a tale as old as time, a classic love story between people with no chemistry at all. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I'm not going to mince words here about Wild Mountain Time. Uh, I don't I, I am just befuddled by this movie in every single possible way. Uh, I don't know who it's for. It has this weird, like folksy, slapsticky vibe to it that I just don't understand who the audience aside from Jocelyn is for this movie. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I don't think any of it's funny. I think it all falls flat. You know, Jamie Dornan is essentially doing like a poor man's Hugh Grant here. And it's, 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 I, I seriously do not think that him and Emily Blunt have any chemistry. I think it is anti-chemistry. I don't see it at all. Um, and, you know, it's, this whole time it, it, it it's such a it's to me it's like a slap in the face because it this whole time you're sitting there like jamie dorn they're playing up this idea that jamie dornan doesn't want to marry and you're like what is going on here because there's no legwork put in for seeing you know why he doesn't want to marry it's just something that they constantly refer to but you don't know anything about and then they have the audacity to throw in why he's uh not wanting to marry and you're just like Fuck you. Like, like you are, and they play it straight. You're like, you're like, buzz off. Yeah, you, you we get it. Okay, we get it. Thank you. you you've used the buzz pun Listen, twice now. I appreciate the, the, um, you know, Jared trying to make some puns because I expected more from you, Cody. I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, Cody's giving a straight first, like, I just. Yeah. Come Listen, on, my fun. puns are none of your beeswax. So. <laughs> Yay. Thank brother. you. He has some fun. He's he's back. Thank yeah, you. thank you. <laughs> I I think that it is it is uh it is like an anti romance movie. I like I just felt nothing from it, and I I again I think all the jokes fall flat. I think it tries to be like cute and weird, and I think that it doesn't hit on any of that. I think that I think there is one good thing about the movie. Period, and it's Christopher Walken, and I think that he gives a. <laughs> God bless him with a terrible Irish accent, a, a good performance. There's a couple scenes in particular, one where he's watching someone sing a song and one where he's kind of on his deathbed that I feel like are two really great perform, greatly performed scenes by him. Everything else in this movie 
like sucks out loud. It is really, really bad. And and I just I don't I don't understand the audience. I don't understand what they're going for. I don't understand the tone of it. I don't understand um, why we're supposed to buy into this stupid romance that's happening. And um, I just found it wildly off-putting. Um, you know, I, I I'm I'm going to disagree with you, Cody, in uh, a few aspects, and kind of agree with Jocelyn in a weird way that I didn't hate it. Which seems weird to say because this movie is, um, uh, you know, very hateable at times because it, <laughs> yes. it's, it doesn't really have any kind of point to it. Like it doesn't have, when you say, like Cody, I agree, who is this movie for? I don't know. I have no clue who this movie is for. Um, and it has this weird sort of uh, like fakey timelessness vibe to it. Where you can't really tell what time period it's supposed to be. Wild Mountain. <laughs> it's I Wild forgot. Mountain. See, I use the same word just like the Marvel thing, and no, it got that it's response. It's a different from you. word because the title is T H Y M E, and you use time T I M E. So it's yeah, but the different. Marvel was two different. Okay. Nope. I mean, so, I'll take it no matter what. I'll this allow was, it. I'm going to allow this. This happened almost an hour ago, you guys, and you're still <laughs> talking about it. Uh, so the idea is, um, something, I guess, supposed to be some sort of, uh, like you mentioned, Cody, like some sort of Hugh Grant farce, sort of romantic farce, I guess. And it, it doesn't really ever like, God bless Jamie Dornan, cause I never really cared for him as an actor. And I think he's trying his ass off here, uh, to be this sort of comic love interest but it's just there's nothing there to this character <laughs> it's a committed bad performance it is a com- i mean like it's there's some funny shit like when he he uh when he goes to uh he gets a he, john ham his plays his cousin and he gives him a, a raincoat that's like inspector gadget tan i guess you would call it and he he ends up going to, to like feed some cows and john ham mentions that the cows don't seem to uh to like him and he's like oh they don't recognize me because of the coat like that's there's some legit like stabs at humor that i think are okay but for the most part there's just nothing to this and i do think emily blunt is doing a a lot of work here that that is you know heavy lifting so to speak um but it just it doesn't really amount to anything and i don't really understand what the point of the whole thing is and again the the turn um the the reason why he thinks he's he can't marry um is it's bafflingly dumb it's bizarre um on top so of all bizarre. of that i thought but, maybe at least it would be like a metaphor for something and i just could not i didn't take that away from it at all you know yeah um you know but that said it i don't hate it like it looks gorgeous like the Irish countryside that they're in uh, looks great. Um, there, there's a lot of elements here that would make a good movie, but it just doesn't ever come together. And it, it turns into, a, I don't want to say a terrible movie, but just a, like, what the fuck was this thing even like? What's this, I, I know it's based on a play um, by uh, John Patrick Shanley, who is an Oscar winning screenwriter. Um, so, I wonder if it helps to think of it more of like these um, Irish folklore tales, you know? I think it's supposed to be like one of those like tall tales that you would hear in a pub from an old guy, you know? 
that's how I kind of also saw I it. I don't think so, though. I don't know. I, I just I keep thinking I mean, of Irish spring commercial where he like where he like cuts open the bottle of soap, like see if you'll be fresh the rest of your days. Says at the beginning, like well, the beginning, he's like, my name is funny. my name is Anthony Riley, and I'm, I'm dead. dead. Yeah. yeah, but then he also says that like they say in Ireland, if you die telling a story, then you come back. So here's my, you know, it's like kind of like supposed to be almost like a not a fairy tale, but almost like a. Well, I just don't think it ever commits. Like, it's never funny enough. It's never like, like, like uh, fantastical enough. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah it, well, and also, you know, again, we talk the the twist. I don't think can be oversold because the whole execution of that scene is terrible. I mean, that is a terrible, terrible scene in a movie where she's. I don't think it's terrible. I think they were going for like Pride and Prejudice, like you know, big romantic gesture in the rain, kind of pulling at the it's light. so I mean, drawn it's out i don't look i don't think any of this is terrible oh man but i think it is woefully misguided at times like it doesn't like for it's, sure even the john ham uh storyline like where like that was totally john ham is in a different movie yes 100 like, he, he's just in a different movie yes here <laughs> totally <laughs> anyway i think we've talked about this enough what are your grades jocelyn Oh, wow. After all that, I forgot to also mention that not only does uh, Christopher Walken do a really bad Irish accent, but it comes and goes. Like, there's a, a sentences he, where half of them he'll be. He's just sort accent. of doing a Christopher Walken. <laughs> and half of the sentence, he's just, you know, speaking normally. So that's also really fun to watch. Um, yeah. After all that, I'm going to give it a B minus. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Gracious. Which I think is a little too high, but. But, yeah, whatever. Cody. Okay. Well, I I can basically sum it up by an, uh, a sentence that I have written in my notes, which is, "What is the point of all this?" Uh, which I just <laughs> it sounds like a suicide note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I just I don't understand any of it, and I hated almost every second of it. The only thing that keeps this from being, uh, you know, bottom of the true bottom of the barrel is a couple of good scenes of Christopher Walken. I think it is one of the three or so worst movies of the year. I'm giving it a gentleman's F D minus. Damn. Um, I'm just going to go with a straight C. I don't, I don't have anything terrible to say about it, but it's, it's not a, it's not a good movie. It's a stupid movie. Um, yep. Anyway, wow, that was a, that was a wide spectrum of grades there. That's probably our, uh, biggest disagreement all three ways uh, mm-hmm. in a while all right let's move on to our next movie songbird how dare you come into my house i'm not here to hurt anyone you've already put my daughter's life at risk just by stepping foot in here i came to you for help and you tried to have me killed. I just needed information because I can't allow anyone to know what we're doing here. Nobody knows, and no one will. Mrs. Griffin, look, I understand you're just trying to protect your daughter. I get that. Because I'm trying to save the one person left in my life that matters to me. I can't leave here without that pass. Please. So this film has the distinction of being the first, I guess it's the first, right? The first mm-hmm. um, 
sort of drama-ish thing based on COVID-19 um, and the lockdown and getting worse. This is COVID-23. Mm-hmm. Um, it's become is... airborne. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, um, there's a lot to talk about here. Cody, tell us about Songbird and what you thought of it. Yeah, so it's not only the first movie to kind of directly be a response to COVID-19, but it was the first movie that went into production um, during COVID-19, in um, the first movie after the shutdown that went into production, produced by Michael Bay, and actually the action scenes in the movie are directed by Michael Bay. I don't know if you knew that, but... Um, really? Yeah, yeah, according to Wikipedia. That's um, interesting. So he only directed certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike. Uh, that, yeah, Michael Bay directed action scenes for Songbird. So, mm. you know, that's why you saw. That's why you saw Optimus Prime's balls. Yeah, in the movie for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Sorry. between the legs shots on w- women and stuff like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a very specific Michael Bayism, but it happens in almost every movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, boy, this movie's a clunker. Uh, it's, uh, you know. It has this premise of of referencing directly COVID-19, and it starts off with sort of like the bombastic, um, you know, TV reports about, you know, COVID-19 and the virus, you know, mutating to become airborne and stuff like that. And then it just kind of does away with the idea of referencing COVID-19 or, or providing any commentary on it or anything like that. And it sort of just kind of leaves it at the door, um, I think, a little bit. Um, and it just becomes like a, the basic like survival movie. And basically what happens in the movie is uh, there are certain people who are uh, immune to COVID-19, um, they, as they call them, munis. Uh, and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and the rest of the people are basically in lockdown. And if you, uh, you get kind of scanned every day to see if you have any symptoms, and if you get symptoms you head into these things called q zones which are not explored you don't really see inside one you don't really know what's going on in them it's just a bad place you don't want to go um and so the main character uh played by kj appa who we last saw in uh another one of the worst movies of the year um which was i still believe um is that what that Um, movie was called right the 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 musician one yeah i don't that was was that before you were here, Jocelyn? I can't remember. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so. I, was, I, yeah. I didn't hate that movie. That had Brit. Uh, what's her name? Brit uh, Robertson. Brit, yeah. yeah, I didn't hate that movie totally, but it was it was the it was a rare like well made, uh, faith based movie. Yeah, and you can tell it's fa- it's a faith based movie because like the the parents were played by <laughs> Gary Sinise and Shania Twain. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so, uh, KJ Appa's basically plays a courier and. Um, and when he has a girlfriend that he's never met before, uh, IRL, um, he only, uh, <laughs> he only talks to her over text and video call and stuff. And, uh, and basically she lives with, um, I'm guessing her, his grandmother. She was yes, literally was calling her, her ab- she was literally calling her abuelita. Well, no, well, it says Lita Garcia, Sarah's aunt. So jokes on you. Um, I remember her specifically saying grandmother in the movie. But I thought she said my Lita also. She said That's, my that grandmother. Was her, her name was Lita. Oh. Lita Garcia is her name. I'm telling you, they Stupid. said grandmother in the movie. No, I know, I believe you too. But I, think, I, I, thought that, I thought that they only called her like, um, anyway. 
Whatever. Yeah. So anyway, um, it, it's either her grandmother or her aunt. I don't know. Wikipedia <laughs> actually says both. Um, so uh, <laughs> maybe maybe it might not be a good resource. <laughs> so uh, so um, so basically, she gets sick, and um, and so he's trying to get one of these immunity bracelets. Which again, the whole idea is to basically. Uh, get out and potentially put the ones you love at risk of developing this virus. <laughs> like that's, that's how responsible the, the no, the, uh, the ideas of this movie are. Um, along the way you have an, a, you know, a, a, some other characters of surprisingly sort of well-known fame. Um, you know, you have, uh, you know, the people who are running this sort of operation of counterfeiting are played by Bradley Whitford and Demi Moore, um, which, you know, Demi Moore has like a 13 year old child. And if you do the math on that, uh, she had that child when she was around 45. Um, so stranger things have happened. Sure. Uh, you also have, uh, there's a housewife who had a baby when she was like 53. So no housewife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Atlanta housewife. Oh, like a, I thought you meant yeah. like a, well, woman, you should have said real housewife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some, some housewife that anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then you also have like, so you, you get this idea that I guess streamers have become super popular and you have, uh, well, they character. are now. Yeah. Uh, but, but like, that's the main source of entertainment here because this guy, like the KJ Appa goes around delivering packages, like listening to streamers talk or whatever. Um, but uh it you have someone would listen to us in the apocalypse like that yeah <laughs> that, that happened uh wow. but then you have poor alexandra didario uh who alexandria it's alexandra are you sure oh i'm a thousand percent sure it's alexandra <laughs> this is going off the rails it's alexandra uh and so poor poor alexandra who gets the <laughs> I think a, this is a tomato tomato thing. No, you, no, he's right. He's right. I'm. He's right. I'm saying he's right. I thought it was Alexandria, but yeah, I've been I've been, I've been emailing her the wrong name this whole time. <laughs> That's why she hasn't been responding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, in a movie full of thinly written characters, she gets the brunt of it, and she plays this streamer who gets gets stuck in this relationship with uh, with Bradley Whitford. Um, where she, she's some, somehow like this was I think that maybe this was Michael Bay's influence in the movie as her character who somehow becomes like damsel in distress slash um, sex object slash uh, you know she has a weird connection with Paul Walter Hauser in the movie that just doesn't really register on any level yeah. and I feel like with the Department of San there's there's this whole thing where the Department of Sanitation are the ones who break in and send people to the Q zones and it feels like it's trying to be some sort of like ice parallel. I thought I don't know if you guys agree, but I I, I, I don't agree. No, I thought it was trying to be this like really intimidating force who's breaking into people's houses and removing them and stuff like that. So, you know, all this to say that this movie sort of. Uh, kind of goes nowhere and says nothing and is about nothing. You know, it becomes this sort of kind of survival movie of of trying to um, make, you know, about a guy trying to save his girlfriend or whatever. But, you know, to put it in this COVID-23 context adds nothing to what becomes like a really 
uh, average story. Again, the characterizations are paper thin and flat. I'm sure Jared has a, a one example of that that I'll let him describe because I'm sure he wants to talk about it, which is just the stupidest scene uh, in the movie. <laughs> oh, I can't um, wait. Have you, but, did you, did you see this, Jocelyn? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But, but again, you know, paper thin characters with terrible plans, like, like nobody has a good plan in this movie, um, nor do they execute it. You know, Paul Walter Hauser plays like a, a vet who uh, controls a drone and he's just like, there's a scene in which he kills someone with the drone and it's just, it's just. The By the way, everyone is connected. Yeah. There's like six people in LA apparently. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I, I don't have a ton to say ab about it other than I just think it's a really bad movie that that would be, you know, that, that feels like a straight to video kind of vibe to it. And the only reason it has any notoriety is because it's got a cast of people that you've recognized before and it tries to capitalize on COVID-19 in a way that is, uh, is, is really not either successful or relevant or, you know, well thought out. So yeah, it's just kind of a clunker. Jocelyn, what about you? Um, yeah, I have to say I'm glad Cody hit on the fact that it really wasn't um, responsible what they were doing because that was what I was kind of concerned with the entire time. Um, and then also that it didn't make a whole lot of sense um, because then there's like, you know, once the uh, character's girlfriend tests or her grandmother tests positive, they're supposed to be, you know, the the sanitation workers that come in and remove them, but then they don't, and, and they have yeah, time no. to get a badge, and it's like, what? That doesn't that, make any sense. That was one thing I was going to bring up. Like, there's uh -oh. this urgency. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. not. No, there's no, this no, urgency please. to it. There's this urgency to it that, like, they're going to break down the door, right. but then they just end up, like, waiting they're outside like, the door? And they're, like, waiting outside, and they're, like, texting. They're, like, looking at their phones or something, so it doesn't... No, I mean, literally, you can take it from there, because that's really all I wanted to say was that... Oh. I mean, I'm not a huge Michael Bay fan, but first of all, it, it didn't seem responsible, their plan, and then second of all, it didn't make any sense, so... <laughs> so, yeah, like, the, the, the idea here is that um, this disease is ravaging the world right and it's necessary like it's gone airborne but there are like cody mentioned there are people that are immune and i assume that is kj appa uh uh poor poor craig robinson who <laughs> somehow runs a, a bicycle courier system in uh our company in la that is uh wildly successful that's the only thing it's anyone like uses amazon it's like biker amazon <laughs> It's well, it's yeah, it's, it's a little more like biker favor, I think. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But then, like, there's some really terrible stuff in there. Like, first of all, that phone that KJ Appa has is called the LG Wing. I looked this up because, yeah. and there's there's at least two giant billboards at different points in the movie of that phone, like being advertised. Like the first one is when he's playing basketball and uh, by himself and. Craig Robinson tells him to uh, calls him and tells him to hit a three for Kobe, and he takes like what would be like a, a free throw shot. And yeah. it's like yes. Well, you uh, know what's what's funny about that in particular is that the movie is constantly trying to date itself, and I mean I don't mean like in a romantic relationship. I mean uh, uh, <laughs> uh, no one took it that way. Yeah, I got yeah. it. <laughs> um, but I but it but it it tries to place itself in this current moment. So this movie is going to be a relic in like six months. It's, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, so 
like you mentioned, the 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 process is there's these people have uh, immunity bracelets, which seems like a wildly counterfeitable thing to have if you have a the cell phone technology that can scan you for a virus and they almost never scan they're just like hey i'm immune and that's it yeah it's like oh like it, it's literally just a bracelet like it's like there's be- vip yeah there's better security at fucking south by southwest <laughs> like in, in any concert you've ever been to um and then like you said cody it's the basic plot of it is that he's going to spring his girlfriend and her grandmother um to take them somewhere else to Big Sur where there's apparently no cases, which I don't know. It's never explained why, um, which also wildly, wildly irresponsible, <laughs> wildly irresponsible. Cause she's the, the grandmother is clearly sick, clearly has the virus, <laughs> this deadly virus. That um, kills you in 48 hours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so to add to the thinly sketched characters, Peter Stormare is in this film as the, the character, the department of sanitation worker, I guess. Um, who's, I mean, he's hamming it up huge. He's basically playing every Peter Stormare character like rolled into one. Um, and there's a scene where KJ Appa's character goes to visit him to get fake bracelets, but then gets stabbed and then is running, <laughs> is, is running away from him through this warehouse. And then there's a, there's a gentleman that, uh, there's a random dude who's starts, like, yeah. Who, accompanying who in, him who introduces himself <laughs> i forgot about this <laughs> introduces himself like helps him escape like gives him a weapon and then kj appa literally tosses him back the weapon and he leaves and that's it there's yeah. literally nothing else to this character like nope. you, you don't see him die you don't see him again there's no callback to him like he doesn't come in at the last minute and help like there's that's the it's sequel. just He's just like, it's my name is blah, blah, blah. I'm uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's get the heck out of here. And then <coughs> he uh, he helps him for no particular reason. Well, what I said to you was that it feels like 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 John Bernthal like missed, like was late. Like he didn't, his alarm didn't go off. So they, <laughs> they just grabbed a guy who kind of looked like him and, and said, I hey. He, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, like, what was the movie uh, that we watched recently that had... Um, uh, Shit, who's that actor that was really slumming it? Uh, God damn it! There's a scene. He's like goes to someone's house and like babysits the parent. Ah, shit! What am I trying to think of here, Cody? Oh, uh, Tom. Uh, no, the guy who was in uh, the first Punisher movie. Oh, Tom uh, Jane. Oh, Money Plane. Money Plane. God damn it! Fuck! Fuck! I Money forgot plane. about. I totally forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that's what that character felt like it's just like here's a guy there to collect like you know his twelve hundred dollars for the day or whatever yeah um what else was i gonna say oh yeah alexandra didario um god bless her and her gorgeous blue eyes um is also playing like a whore also like a hooker <laughs> i don't know what's happening here oh um, she, she really does not get a lot to work with here <laughs> and and you know like her and paul walter hauser their scenes are kind of nice together like it's kind of sweet um and they're both like just thankless in this movie like the roles are just totally thankless and bradley whitford plays a real like creepo like it's just this is just this movie's a mess it's a and, mess uh, i feel like demi moore's trying to give some pamela adlon vibes did you get that just because she kind of looks like Pamela Adlon? Maybe that was it, but like having these weird glasses for no reason that look like a... 
Oh, yeah. looked, like, looked like look like Tony looked like Tony Stark's glasses. Yeah. Um, like having aviator like corrective lenses or whatever the fuck. Like there there's some interesting setup to this. Like the I'm I'm not I don't totally hate the world building that it does. Uh, the idea that you know that that people have to get stuff delivered to them and put in those decontamination things. Like it's it's interesting. I totally agree, especially like living in this current world right now. It's very plausible that it would you know get to this but then what they do with it just isn't yeah but, good. but without any real point it comes off as opportunistic i think yeah i mean it i i get it i mean it's it's meant to be like a scary thing but then again i i don't really know what the message is at the end of it is that yeah. you know that this is all evil like i what is this? Is this uh Well, at least is this the, the is this the is this it, my parlay account here? It becomes or? like a Romeo and Juliet thing between him and uh his girlfriend. I anyway. I'm just I'm just really glad that we we get justice for the maid character getting to go home. Um, oh, yeah, oh, that was also <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that. <laughs> the the essentially previously unseen maid yeah. character getting a hero shot at She the wasn't end. she wasn't unseen. I mean, she still, was like, not all, all she did was all. be like, all, all she did the entire movie was go, oh, uh, someone's at the door. And then, <laughs> and then, then Nora's like, we let her go. Yeah. Like all like a saint. And then she's there with her face. <laughs> Profoundly oh, dub. By the way, uh, oh, one thing God. that bug, bugged me, like Brittany, uh, Brittany uh, Demi Moore had uh, her laptop stacked on books to do her <laughs> conference call. Like I figured, she, I figured, she, like at this point, she would have had some sort of better system, for right? Because she's like a professional streamer or something. Yeah, no, no, no. She was a uh, like a like a the past dealer. Oh, right, 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 right. I yeah. see. Anyway, grades, Cody. Yeah, I mean this this movie. Uh, I don't, I, you know, had it not been set in current times and and be you know part of, uh, you know, the first production out, you know, out after the shutdown. Um, I don't think would anyone would take a look at um, or maybe even say yes to. Uh, uh, so I'm giving it a D plus. I think it's a pretty bad movie. Jocelyn. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, good things going for this one. I'm doing a C minus. I'm going to agree with Cody D plus. This movie wow. is, is just not, it's just bad. It's just a, it's, it's, it's not even the premise. It's just a bad movie. Like it just doesn't make sense in its own little universe. And it's just a bad, badly put together movie. All right, let's move on to our next movie. I'm your woman. So I'm supposed to live. You don't know where for you don't know how long. And also you don't know if Eddie's okay. Just let me call him. Let him be the one to explain it. You can't. You're talking about my husband. No one knows where he is. You can't call him because no one knows where he is. Is anybody looking? Everyone's looking. And they're looking for you, too. A nice house. Near a park. I like to take walks with a stroller. This is a uh, film starring uh, Rachel Brosnahan, who you may or may not know uh, is the star of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Is that on Amazon? Yes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I didn't see this movie, but the two of you did. So, Jocelyn, tell us about I'm Your Woman and what you thought of it. Yeah. So, um, as you can see, Rachel Brosnahan is sort of going on the lam because her husband um, is kind of tied up to some uh, sordid 
business practices, I guess you can say, but those aren't really explored, uh, re you know, in the, in the beginning of the movie, they're kind of just um, moved past pretty quickly and she's, she's out and having to flee. Um, so you sort of learn more as the movie goes and uh, it turns out there's a lot more kind of complexity to the relationships between her and the gentleman that's helping her that you saw in that clip. Um, all while she's also a new mother um, and taking care of a baby that you also see in that clip. Um, I, I'm <laughs> is this your, sorry. Is your, this what you? Uh, I told Cody, I was like, God, as a as a new mom, this is exactly what I want to watch. You know, like my life on on a movie, like just not sleeping. <laughs> and this was exactly your story, baby. basically. Yes, right? it was. Yes, I'm yeah. on the lamb. Mm -hmm. You don't know where I am, but um, mm -hmm. I'm in the witness protection <laughs> that, Is that why you're wearing the camouflage? Uh, <laughs> now we know. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this. I felt about this movie a lot like how Cody felt about Wild Mi Mountain Time. I just do not understand the point of it. I don't understand who it's for. I'm a huge fan of Marvelous Miss Maisel and Rachel Brosnahan in that role. But I think in this particular role, I, I did not like her at all for it. It made no sense to me. And um, I just thought she was really awkward throughout the whole movie. And again, I just didn't see the point of it at all. I didn't like this movie at all. All right, Cody. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, it's this movie is really strange to get a handle on because, um, you know, it. I think it's trying to do a couple of things. You know, I Jocelyn says, you know, Jocelyn asked, you know, what the point of it is. I, I do think there is a hint of sort of this being a feminist kind of movie, um, especially about women handling their own problems and, and taking, you know, the solution to the problems in their own hands. I think is a lot about what it's trying to get across. I also think it's trying to say something about motherhood, but I don't think that it works, that piece works at all. Um, you know, because you have sort of, it's it's sort of the way that the setup is, is that it's a, it's a reluctant motherhood, right? She's, a baby is just kind of brought home when that's unexpected and she takes control and doesn't know what to do. And there's so many things about her being a bad cook and all this stuff. I don't think it was a reluctancy. Like she had suffered losses. So it but was, but she also said at one point in the diner that she didn't want a kid anymore, that, she, that they stopped trying and they stopped. No, she said when, when she wasn't able to do it. And then once he did it, she realized that that's all she wanted. It was almost like a defense mechanism to get past all of the loss, if that makes sense. Sure. But, but also at the same time, this was, it's, they weren't like seeking because they couldn't, they said they couldn't adopt, they couldn't have a child. So she had sort of resigned herself to not having yeah, a child. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes so, sense. So, um, so it tries to, to show something about motherhood, but also, the baby's not in it for the last hour of the movie. Uh, so <laughs> she kind, yeah, she kind of just like tosses it aside a little. Yeah. Uh, okay. and, and you know, it's, it's weird because the first half of the movie, you almost don't know anything and you don't know what her husband does, but you know, it's a bad thing and it plays its secrets really cl close to the vest. And in the second half of the movie, it becomes extremely convoluted. And I think, you know, too much. And I think that, you know, they're, they're explaining the relationships that everyone has, and you're watching just going like, wait, what? what? How are they connected? What's happening? What's going on with these relationships? And it's needlessly complicated, and it's uh, really convoluted, and um, it doesn't really register. Like, it doesn't make you care about 
anyone or anything, I don't think. Um, and, and sort of the, the, the motivations of characters are kind of constantly in flux, and I don't think that that adds to this being, I think, a confusing experience. Um, it also has, like, this. there's a scene where there's one character who kind of gets, like, ruthlessly murdered, and I feel like it's it was oddly mean spirited. I, oh, I don't <laughs> where this like basically innocent mm-hmm. character gets like assassinated and executed. There's, <laughs> and, a, there's a lot of really strange violence in this movie as well. Like the club shooting was very yeah. upsetting. And I think that it's yeah. well directed. I think that it looks nice, and I think it looks slick, and I think that a lot of those scenes are well filmed and and, and directed. But it it has this strange mean streak to it that that doesn't seem to have much of a point. Um, and, um, and I just found the movie, like I found the movie really hard to connect to initially because it keeps, it keeps its, you know, answers so distant. And then suddenly everything is dropped in your lap and you don't really know what to do with it. Um, and so I, I, I don't think that it's a necessarily a bad film. Um, and I think that it does have some legitimately gripping moments in it, but, um, it is strangely, uh, it is strangely sort of um, constructed, and I think at the end of the day, I think that its messages don't really connect very well. All right, grades, Jocelyn. Um, y'all have been handing out the gentleman's Fs, and I don't know if I would mm-hmm. go that far with this one. I just, I, I might though, because I really just did not enjoy this. And I think, I think what Cody was saying is true that I think they were trying to make some sort of story about feminism and the, the parts about all, you know, her struggle to get pregnant. It just seemed really out of place and strange in this kind of a movie. And I just, I think it was all over the place and I just, really did not like it at all so i'm gonna give it a c minus cody yeah i think that it's for me it's more of a near miss i think that it could have been good i think that it's got uh you know again it's it's solidly directed at times but the story i I just it just it's it's jarring to to know nothing and then know so much to the point where it's confused like legitimately confusing i think that the second half of the movie is legitimately confusing um, so I'm going to give it a C plus. I think it's a near miss for me. A C plus. And this is available on, um, is Prime, it Amazon Prime? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Let's move on to our last movie, Wolf Walkers. Wolf, wolf, hunting far and yonder. Forest is brimming with wolves. It's my job to hunt them down, not yours. But we could hunt them together. Wolves, bears, dragons even. <laughs> <laughs> This is an animated film, obviously, uh, that has premiered on Apple TV+. Cody, tell us about uh, Wolf Walkers and what you thought of it. Um, yeah, so uh, the um, and uh, I apologize, I guess, Jared, for my mic issues that I'm continuing to have. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, you can apologize to the listeners. I mean, oh, I'm... sorry, listener. 
Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many. There's probably not many. Um, so you know, um, it is. This is a movie, and I'll keep my comments short because I'm sure it's not pleasant to listen to. Um, <laughs> you know, there is a, a bit of. Um, you, you know, I, I appreciate these days seeing two D hand like hand drawn style animation, and I think that there's a certain charm to that. That 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 you know with you know, the prevalence of 3D animation and Pixar and all that stuff. I, I appreciate kind of like what feels now like a throwback. Um, and, um, and you know, basic the basic story is that um, a girl, uh, a girl lives with her father who is essentially in charge of like, um, he's like a hunter uh, and, um, and is, in, is in charge of kind of clearing the area of of wolves so that they can knock down the forest i think is was what's going on um and i thought uh, it was i thought it was just to uh protect the town from wolves but maybe but I they are know. but they are going to knock down the forest at some point i forget why but i don't remember yeah and so and so basically a little the little girl who is his daughter goes out into the the um the the woods and she has a pet bird and uh and um and she meets this little girl who seems to be you know, part wolf in some way. And so you get this story about, um, about, uh, you know, the, the girl's wolf mom is trapped inside the castle. You know, it's, it's sort of like a fairy tale-ish time type of story. And, you know, I found myself finding that it was fine. I, I don't think that there's anything especially impressive about the movie. You know, I think the story's fine. I think the, um, you know, the, uh, the voice acting is fine. Um, and there's a bit, you know, there's there's maybe some themes here about like, you know, finding your place and being true to who you are and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I just I don't have a lot to say about it other than I thought it was OK. I mean, I think that, you know, it looks gorgeous. And I think that, um, you know, the, the story has some interesting turns, especially with, you know, what the father character ends up doing and how and the consequences of that. But um, for, for me, it was just fine. Jocelyn, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Cody that it was gorgeous. I really liked the animation, and I thought that, that there was scenes that were really beautiful. Um, other than that, uh, it was it, it was a good little, you know, animated movie. Uh, was it enough to be a feature film? I don't think so. I wish it had been maybe shorter, or I think it could have been done in a, in a short film format. Um, but other than that, I thought it was really cute. I thought it was pretty. The animation was beautiful again. And then... Um, and I liked the story. I thought I thought it was good. I I wouldn't go out of my way and saying like I loved it. I don't think it was bad. I think it was just um, I think it was just good. Wow. Okay. Not a lot to say. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it, I I'm going to echo both of you. It looks it looks gorgeous, and there's a certain sort of um, like uh, rough quality to it. I want to say like it's clearly you know computer. Uh, you know, all, all art is done digitally these days. It's not. It's it's hand drawn, but it's all in a computer. There's some stuff that pops in every now and then that's really interesting, where it gets sort of sketchbooky or like sketch construction-y. Like especially when they're wolves, you can see like the circles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it's I think it's a fine little movie. I think it it is uh, it is probably twenty minutes too long because uh, this thing clocked in at like an hour and forty two minutes, and I think there's just there's just too much like. I don't know how many times I could, I could, you know, I can't recall how many times the father character told her like she can't go out hunting. Yeah. Um, you it's know, a lot it, of repetition. You know, it, it kind of feels like this is the movie. Uh, I know Cody saw it. Jocelyn, did you ever see Brave? 
Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, That's it, how I it's, felt it too. But, you know, this I thought this was a better story than Brave. Brave is weird about bears and weird shit. Um but I think that uh you know it's a it's a it's a it's a good little movie. I mean it's on Apple TV Plus. Uh so it's an original um animated film kind of coming to a platform that's you know not really known, you know, well these animated films are not really if it's not Disney and if it's not uh you know uh what is it Dreamworks and and Pixar and uh, whatever else is out there uh, like Illum- yeah. Uh, it's just, it's usually some weird foreign thing. And I guess this is sort of a weird foreign thing, but it's, uh, wow. it's in English. So, <laughs> uh, like a true white man. Hey, that they're all white people. This is a freaking Irish and English movie. This is no, all... they were, it, w- it was a lot of French too. I think it was actually French, but all the characters is what I'm saying. Oh, right. Yeah. It's based in, in Ireland and. I think it's based in England, or no? It's is it based no, it in, Ireland? in Ireland? Because yeah, because they call him English. I'm from London. Yeah. Like, anyway, London. it's. <laughs> you sound like you're from London. <laughs> I'm from uh, London town. It's fine. It's it's not. It's yeah. nothing blown away. I do think it's just it. It kind of overstays its welcome and wears it wears it out a little too much. Um, also, it must be exhausting being a wolf walker because when you're. Yeah, when do you sleep? When, yeah, when you're when you're asleep, you're a wolf. Like, God, can I just fucking rest? Like, um, but yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's gorgeous, and I think that's enough of uh, an, an element to to kind of drag in a, to draw in adults. Um, I don't think, you know, we talk a lot about animated films and stuff playing to to both adults and kids. I don't think this one plays to adults too much. Um, it doesn't feel like there's much there for an adult, but um, I enjoyed it. Fine grades cody yeah i mean i think it's okay it's it would be an enjoyable watch i think um uh, if you're looking for an animated movie over the holiday break um but nothing more beyond i wouldn't expect too much like uh you know if we're talking about oscar worthy animated films for the year i don't think that this wins uh i give it a b minus b minus jocelyn I was gonna I know, do also, huh? I know it's a, it's between Scoob and Trolls World Tour for the best. Oh animal. right, yeah. yes. I'm doing a B minus. Also, I thought it was uh, interesting. The little girl that's animated looks just like Sorsha Ronan. Like if she was played by her in by someone in real life, that's who it would be. It looks identical to her. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. It's it's a B minus for me too. I think it's it's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, Cody, uh, let's make it quick since you're uh, crackalacking over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is the last, unfortunately, uh, the last on-screen appearance from Chadwick Boseman. Um, that is a Netflix film. Um, we also have uh, a movie I'm really, really looking forward to called Another Round. It's a Danish movie um, with Mads Mikkelsen. Um and uh, the last, it, it's the last movie he made with this director was a, a, an, one of my favorite foreign films of all time called The Hunt. And, uh, and so this is a, a movie that's getting a lot of buzz. I think it's Denmark's Oscar submission. Um, we also have, I think maybe we're going to try to do Greenland, the new Gerard Butler uh, disaster movie. Um, and, uh, and we'll find a fourth one. I don't really know. Because Christmas is going to be a crazy, crazy week um, in terms of what's coming out. So... Um, Maybe we'll keep it light. Whoops. Uh, uh, <laughs> just... You call it Greenland? Like Greenland? 
Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Welcome Are to the land? fucking semantics hour. Um, <laughs> why heard. it's Greenland is ice and Iceland it's, is green. Look at how you just said That's it a, though. You said Greenland. Are you quoting Mighty Ducks? Me? Yeah. Oh no, I. I, it's that's just a common joke. thing. That joke that is older say. than Mighty Ducks, yeah. Cody. That was in D2, the Mighty Ducks. Oh, okay, I'm wow. sure it was, but that doesn't that's not the origin of the joke. Cody is adamant <clears throat> about this D2. Yeah. Not, what? No, I'm just saying that's where it is. <laughs> it's the <Yeah>. or <laughs> That's where the <laughs> joke was written. Screenwriters <laughs> Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandale. By the way, <laughs> by the way, Disney uh -huh. Plus uh -oh. Mighty Ducks mm -hmm. TV series with Emilio Estevez coming to Disney Plus. No, mm -hmm. you're joking. No, didn't he? Wasn't he not in the third movie? Where am I, is am I crazy? he? He he has an unspoken. He doesn't speak in the. He just like shows up in the distance, but he doesn't actually talk. I don't think in, in D three. I am what? super excited to hear that. By the way, oh. the Mighty Ducks show with Emilio. Whatever Estevez. happened to? Uh, remember they were doing a Lizzie McGuire. And it was supposed to be like sort of adult, um, and then like what's her Disney name killed out it? of it. Yeah, Hillary Duff. Said Hillary no. Duff said it was the script did not do the show justice. No, I think no, they, no, 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 no. I thought it was the other way around. Like that Disney didn't like it. No, no. Hillary Duff did not want some kind of sanitized version right. of it. She wanted like a more reality Real, based. Yeah, she wanted it to be more grown up because yeah. Lizzie McGuire had grown up. So she walked. No. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast.cinesnob.net. You can give us your Lizzie McGuire uh, takes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cinesnob, Facebook, Cinesnob.net. You can listen to our other podcasts, ReMCU, Rewatching the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we have a new episode out, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, which we both were looking forward to talking about because it sucks. Um, also, Corn Stream. I'm sure there's not a new episode up, but. Um, you can also listen to Cody on the Ramble, uh, five days a week, something like that. Four days uh, a week. Four days a week. Uh, regular Ramble Wednesdays, Tuesdays, Fridays. Ramble Radio, Goodwill Hunting Thursdays. Two Christmas episodes coming up. Uh, the next two are going to be um, uh, Batman Returns and uh, uh, b -b 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 uh, Scrooged. I, I remember um, the other day you were asking me if you needed to watch Batman to see Batman Returns, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said I said no, but I said you kind of needed to to understand how different and weird Batman Returns was compared to Batman, mm -hmm. and I believe that bore out for you. Correct, if I'm correct, yes. right? Yep, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, have you seen those? You've seen those, Jocelyn. I assume Batman and Batman oh, Returns. Yeah. Like how I love Returns. Yeah, it's when so we young. it's so weird and different. Um, like Catwoman was my favorite. Yeah, mine too. Um, <laughs> she was uh, so good. I love gross. that movie so much. Gross. I, I, <laughs> why is that gross, Cody? Because it was horny. <laughs> that movie <laughs> no, is that movie that. is very horny. By it the is way. very horny, and it's true. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else before we go? Mm -mm. No. All right. Um, okay. On that note, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And I'm Jocelyn Duran. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.